1: all right guys welcome back in to the established past podcast uh, presented by clutch points i have your host blake level with me is my co-host ellen reagan and we are back here uh, for another exciting recap edition of the podcast as we are going to run through all the exciting action uh, from week seven which uh, was a weird one I think and it seems like we say that every week now maybe this Mm -hmm. is the NFL as a whole is just getting weird Uh, but it was uh, a weird one because uh, as always it just kind of shows you I guess, still in the, the parody in this league because uh, there are some things you just feel like are sure things and there are others um, that you kind of don't really know about and everything just sort of flips upside down. And really, I guess we could probably go back to uh, the Thursday night game because uh, it seemed like the, the NFL and certainly uh, the Kansas City Chiefs world uh, sort of flipped a bit uh, there as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, always feels like a crazy week. It's truly a week-to-week league. as I mean, it's a cliche, but it, it holds true. And it's not like other sports, like maybe you know, beyond baseball even with 160 games, but even basketball, hockey, where there's so many games. The best teams over the course of the year are going to kind of pan out, and it's going to even out, and they're going to win more games. But in the 16-game season, it, the volatility is pretty high, and all it takes is one week to get going, one week to fall down. And for the Broncos, yeah, when we get into that one, Uh, they had an opportunity there it looked like and uh, did not take advantage of it
1: No, let's go there because uh, the Broncos were a team that we felt like we're starting to maybe sort of gain a little momentum, and uh, they they had their chances because, uh, as we all know, Patrick Mahomes uh, gets hurt early in that game. Uh, everybody not really sure what to expect from from the Chiefs after that point, but yet they cruise to a thirty to six win. And uh, you know, usually we don't spend a, a ton of time on this Thursday night game because we're we're so far removed from it at this point. But this was a huge. Uh, situation here because uh, Mahomes certainly when he goes down uh, everybody's paying attention and uh, you know it just seems like at this point um, it was pretty much best case scenario for the Chiefs because that thing could have went wrong, and mm-hmm. you know we, we may be talking about him being out for the season. Uh, yet Andy Reid's fielding questions today, which we did this on Clutch Points a little while ago. Um, he's fielding questions about whether Mahomes could play this week against the Packers, oh and uh, it's just like I don't know. Like, it's just such a weird scenario, but still obviously he's not he's probably he's not going to play this week like let's Mm -hmm. not let's not get ahead of ourselves but it does seem like you know he's probably not going to be out that long and certainly for the Chiefs um you know you're five and two you've gotten back on track after losing those games like we said two back-to-back games in a row uh you got to still feel a little bit okay uh, even though you're you're going into big game with the Packers this week
0: yeah, we might forget that before Patrick Mahomes was doing all of his amazing things for the Chiefs, Andy Reid was winning games with Alex Smith and other quarterbacks. And he, as yep. he has his whole career, Andy Reid finds a way to win with his system. And he, the thing is, when you throw a superstar like Mahomes in there, that's what you, the results you get are what we see from the Chiefs and why they're such a like you know must-watch team compared to everyone else in the NFL. I definitely was impressed with how the defense kind of stepped up. I mean, the first play that they're on the field after Mahomes goes down, they get a touchdown the other way on the the strip of Flacco. So they, you know, they didn't put their heads down. They didn't really think about anything other than getting the job done to win for Patrick. And at that time, they didn't know the severity. We didn't. At that point, it looked like he could have been out for the year. And of course, now it's it might only be a matter of a few weeks. And like you said, he probably won't play this week. at a bummer. Obviously, everyone was looking forward to the Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes show. But at the same time, for the Chiefs. You got a long season ahead, and this, you know, the next stretch of games, they got four games, I believe, before their bye week. You can weather the storm. You can, uh, we, we've seen what the Panthers have done, we've seen what the Saints have done, winning with backups and finding a way to get things done with other guys producing. Matt, I mean credit to matt moore i mean he wasn't perfect but he did enough and he had you know at least one deep touchdown where you see that he could still they can still institute some of the vertical principles in that offense so i think the chiefs will be fine Uh, and and it's just great news for the nfl that mahomes is going to be healthy over the long run on the flip side for denver i mean you're (laughs) you get the stop on the Mm -hmm. field goal after that mahomes sneak You're only down by seven. I mean, everyone. I mean, I don't know what the live lines, betting lines were, but they must have completely flipped the opposite direction in Denver's favor. Uh, Probably a lot of people trying to place bets on them, even when they're down. And the next thing you know, they don't score again. I mean, (laughs) and the the Chiefs (laughs) continue to put up points. It was it was crazy to watch. And for Denver, for all the positive things we've said over the last few weeks, it was really disappointing to see. Not necessarily what the defense did. I mean, yes, uh, you expected them to step up a little bit better against Matt Moore, but this is Andy Reid after all. I just thought their offense would be able to do a lot more against a, a Chiefs defense, which hasn't been able to defend the run, which has been better against the pass, and they couldn't do really either. And it was impressive for Kansas City to kind of step up and put that performance up. But I'm not really sure if it's more of just Denver kind of dropping the ball.
1: Yeah, these next four games for the Chiefs, uh, of course, they have the Packers this week. They're at home against the Vikings, they're at the Titans, and they're at the Chargers. So by no means an easy stretch here before the bye week. Um, And and certainly, you know, you don't really see a scenario where they're going to lose all those games. But, um, you know, with the defense still, like you said, a little bit shaky. Uh, the packers and the vikings offense at least are playing really well right now mm-hmm. um, so those are not going to be easy games and potential shootout scenarios there uh, that's where you talk about matt moore stepping in and, and the chiefs offense needing to to you know not miss a beat there and um so we'll see uh, it's uh here's here's something to think about too dylan let's think about this Um, the Chiefs lost back-to-back games at Arrowhead and now they get back-to-back games against the Packers and the Vikings I mean could they sit here and lose four straight at home Um, it's crazy to think about Uh but I guess it's it's not out of the realm of possibility with the way uh, things have unfolded here with Mahomes injury but we'll see Uh, no doubt Chiefs and Packers will be one of the better games of the week uh, and we'll talk about that when we get to uh, our picks uh, for week eight later in the week um all right up next uh, it was uh, let's go to the sunday action which was the bills and the dolphins the bills get a win uh not without making a few people nervous uh early on in that game or really i guess until later in that game Uh, The Bills won 31 to 21, but it was uh, pretty much a close game the entire way. The Dolphins got off to a a good start and uh, seemed to, you know, really be in good shape to have a chance to pull off the the surprise win. Uh, But uh, once again. It was the Dolphins coming up short. Uh, I guess, I guess, I mean, they're getting better. We could at least say that. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, working his magic against all the different teams that uh, he's played for in the past. So I guess we, we can give them – That, um, but for the Dolphins, I almost think that that their fans are sitting there saying, Well, uh, what are we doing here? Why are we trying to win? Because uh, (laughs) we just want to keep losing. Uh, but yeah, for the Bills, like I said, not a great start, but you win the game. And now we're looking up. Mm. We, I was talking about my dreams of the Bills being six and oh, well, they almost got there, they're five and one now and sitting in a really good spot.
0: Yeah, the Bills, I mean, not the impressive performance I was looking for. I, I, you know, I, We said going into the game that we wouldn't expect them to cover that 17-point spread, and they did not, but at least they'd get the win. I mean, they they figured it out in the second half, kind of put some things together. They had the one really huge interception on Fitzpatrick uh, in the red zone that kind of turned the tide of that game, so... Good to see the defense step up, but in that first half, it wasn't pretty. And uh, the Dolphins, uh, like you said, you, you don't want to win at this point if you're a Dolphins fan. Like it doesn't really do you any good. But at the same time, you want to see some improvement, I guess, right? Like it, ideally, for a Dolphins yeah. fan, you're going to get the number one pick, but you play uh, competitive games, and maybe even you know, maybe if you do win one or two, it's not the end of the world if other teams find a way to figure some games out. We'll get to another uh, winless yeah. team in a second here, so maybe that's not the case. But yeah, for uh, the Bills, uh, you know, their schedule does line up really well but at the same time they're gonna have to be more consistent they can't play like they did in the first half and expect to beat some of the better teams in the NFL yes the AFC not been great and they're gonna get the Eagles next week who are not looking like the a team we expected for most of the season so uh, the schedules lining up the stars are aligning they really don't play another rough game and they play the Eagles the Redskins the Browns the Dolphins the Broncos <laughs> and they finally play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving so maybe not at that point could we be talking about a team that's sitting at 10 and one i mean it's possible oh
1: my goodness it is possible i was just looking at that i'm like wow um you know let's say you you take advantage of your home games uh, and you go on the road and beat the browns either way like i almost feel like looking at this scenario i, I don't know like nine and two at the worst is almost like <laughs> you're looking at of course it's not going to happen we say this every week with the yeah. nfl it's not going to turn out that way but if we if we just look at it on paper, I'm telling you, if I look at this right here, I'm probably saying nine and two, or maybe eight and three, is the worst in this whole mm-hmm. scenario here for the Bills, so, which is really something to think about when we talk about that playoff race, uh, especially heading that. And, and you think about that, you know, they, they play the Cowboys, but the finish to their schedule. Two of their final four games are against the Steelers and the Jets, which are two winnable games, too. They're probably, mm-hmm. probably going to be tough to beat the Ravens and the Patriots. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the Bills have a great schedule. We Like we said earlier in the year, schedule is everything uh, to a certain extent, I guess. But uh, it is for the Bills, and they are sitting in a really good spot here uh, as they move forward and get an Eagles team that is really struggling and we'll get to that uh here in a bit uh speaking of struggling you you brought it up uh the Bengals still are winless as well as the Jags go in and get the victory uh there 27 to 17 wasn't a pretty win for the Jags um but like we say with the Dolphins I don't you're just not going to have pretty games when when the Bengals are involved uh -hmm. and if there is something we got right uh, we sure didn't get it right with the Atlantic Falcons, which we'll get to here in a bit as well. Um, but I think we did get right saying the Dolphins and the Bengals are probably going to be the two worst teams in the NFL. And we said that before the season started. Uh, and the Bengals here just, I mean, I don't know. They are what they are at this point. And, um, you know, it was Leonard Fournette had a big game. Uh, the Jacks' passing attack wasn't really great. But, uh, I mean, the Bengals just don't – they just don't have enough right now to be able to do anything on defense – Uh, Their offense, Joe Mixon just isn't involved anywhere to the point to where he was in the past. Um, You know, they're they're not using him maybe as much Mm -hmm. in the passing game or anything like that. I don't know. I guess for the Bengals, the only highlight is Alex Erickson comes out of nowhere. For all the fantasy people who started Alex (laughs) Erickson, he had eight receptions for 137 yards.
0: Yeah, that was the one positive, I guess, like you said. But for Cincinnati, <laughs> as we talk about every week, it starts with their offensive line. They couldn't run the ball at all. They 20 carries for 33 yards. Mixon, yeah, this is partially because of a couple of big losses, but he had 10 carries for a total of two yards. It's, It was not pretty. Yeah. It hasn't been pretty all year. They haven't been able to get the running game going at all, and they're one of the worst rushing teams. And on the flip side, they can't defend the run. gardner Minshew was not having a good game, was not putting together the magical plays like we saw in Denver earlier in the year. But on the flip side, Leonard Fournette, who I believe is leading the NFL in rushing, and they also have the leading receiver in the NFL in <laughs> DJ Chark at the moment. So this this Jaguar team has some uh, fantasy stars, and you know even when they can't get the passing game going, they're going to be able to run the ball. And obviously, they're one of the better run defenses, and that that boded quite well against Cincinnati because Andy Dalton, I, you know, for a guy that at certain times in his career has looked solid, has looked above replacement level uh just a rough game where he, he made some throws that did not make sense didn't it, it was it was brutal and I don't know if that's a psychological toll of playing with this offensive line this entire year it could be but at the same time I uh, there's teams that I think that are in better uh, situations on a whole roster wise that need a quarterback that might be looking at him because this it's looked like the end of the line might be here in Cincinnati and a team that just like the Dolphins at this point it's time to just kind of look forward to the future and uh, you're probably gonna have to find a new quarterback pretty soon
1: nervous weekend for Dolphins fans especially because they were trying to win a game and Tua got hurt um mm-hmm. now for Bengals fans they're just nervous not because they were Winning the game, but because Tua got hurt, so it's like everyone um, is all eyes are on Tua in Miami and Cincinnati because uh, yeah, it's just not 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 a good situation there, and, and they've got a lot to to fix uh, here and sort of revamp that roster uh, moving forward because uh, we kind of see it's just <laughs> hey, like we said, week sixteen, baby, load it up, get your get <laughs> you another buy another TV just for this game so you can watch this game uh, alongside your favorite team or whatever because the Dolphins and the Bengals are going to meet. And uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say that they could both be winless going into that game. Honest truth. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So uh, that could be one to circle on your calendar. So we'll see. Um, All right. This game was a little bit better and it featured uh, some better teams here in this next one. And that was the Vikings getting a big uh, road win over the Lions, uh, 42 to 30. I will say this, for all the, the, the craziness we gave Kirk Cousins several weeks ago, Uh, I think I did kind of say if there is a turning point it could be this sort of stretch of the schedule and what they've Mm -hmm. played here in recent weeks and sure enough uh, we're we're seeing that because Kirk Cousins has really stepped up and played really well Uh, this offense has really started to flow and and maybe you, you thank the Giants for that because it all got started with the Giants. Then you had the game against the Eagles. Now against the Lions. I mean, Kirk Cousins has has been fantastic. Of course, the Adam Thielen injury seems like it's a little bit more serious than they initially expected. And and I was mm-hmm. you know reading earlier, uh, it seems like he's more of like a could be back week to week kind of thing instead of a day to day thing at this point. Um, so that's a little concerning for sure. Moving forward, probably won't matter this week because they're playing the Redskins. Uh, but Kirk Cousins, what can you say? Just a, a huge another huge game. You have Dalvin Cook doing his thing uh just man there's a lot to like here if you're the vikings because they're they're starting to answer some of the questions we had about them
0: yeah over the last three weeks i think this is probably the most uh impressive performance by cousins the other two i didn't expect those secondaries to really be able to compete with him i know i, know, I the eagles you know i thought they'd be able to uh win in a shootout possibly but that was not the case obviously and then this game uh, this is a Detroit Lions defense, which has been pretty good against the pass, and we, if you watch the Monday night game against the Packers, there was a lot of throws that Aaron Rodgers had to make right on the money. They were not giving up anything easy, and in this game, it, it was similar at certain points, and there were just dimes being thrown by Kirk Cousins left and right. It was... If you're a Vikings fan, you couldn't be more encouraged, and you got to hope that over the course of the year, he's able to keep that kind of play up. Obviously, it's in a dome. It's a road game, but it's in a dome, and it's a little different than when we've seen him play in the the elements like in Chicago and Seattle in the past and different things like that. So we'll see over the course of the year. But for the Vikings, uh, you know, I I did before the game when I picked the Lions to win this, I talked a lot about how the Vikings' defense has struggled against better offenses. And again, in this game, the Lions, I mean, Stafford had another big day. They are able to move the ball. They ran for a decent average but they were focused on going through the air and for the most part we're playing quite well this was just a shootout and the vikings were able to figure it out and win over the course of the year i still have you know concerns about the vikings defense against better offenses and how these kind of games just seem to happen i going back to you think about the nfc title game when they almost made the super bowl and nick Foles went off for four touchdowns and almost the first half at least there's at least three and those kind of things are uh, they're susceptible to they're a great defense but we've seen them against these better offenses not put up big numbers but it won't matter if kurt cousins plays like this all everything is going to start and end with him at the same time if he plays well they're going to be in great shape if he doesn't this team's going to struggle so uh, they got a good stretch like you said they got the redskins coming up then they get the Chiefs and potentially it uh, works out well for them not having to face Mahomes yeah. if he's still out so uh, think stars are kind of aligning for the Vikings they're you know one of the more dangerous teams in the NFC and if you look at the NFC playoff picture at this point it's it's still early but we're almost halfway through the year and I think the Vikings are the sixth seed that's a pretty scary sixth seed if you're going to go into <laughs> the playoffs at this point no one's going to want to face the Vikings uh, when they're playing like this.
1: Yeah, and with all due respect to Reggie Jackson, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Mr. October here because he is uh, 68 for 90, uh, 976 yards, 10 touchdowns, only one interception, uh that's uh yeah he's played well here in october and and like we said uh it's probably gonna those numbers gonna get even better because he gets a chance to play his old team this week uh and will probably decimate the the redskins there with another big game so uh yeah kirk cousins is really delivering of course it's nice to do it in october but uh, vikings fans want him to deliver once they get to january so we'll see if that happens uh but yeah i mean the schedule does really set up nicely uh if, if mahomes is still out there uh not this week but the following week so it's uh, I don't know we'll we'll see but uh, yeah you got to feel good uh, if you're the Vikings right now Mm -hmm. because they are they are playing really well so um all right team that's not playing really well and uh again it's (laughs) the consensus here if there's a team we got wrong going into this season here it is because I don't think there's another team that's even close um and that is the Atlanta Falcons because uh they once again uh were just completely exposed on defense um and it just was it's not a good situation there right now the rams won 37 to 10 in atlanta Uh, i expected this game to be a shootout type of game a close game you and i both picked the rams because we just did not trust the falcons and now we're to a point with the falcons where i mean your your running backs getting injected for punching aaron donald (laughs) uh matt ryan's hurt I don't know. It doesn't seem like Matt Ryan's entry is not too serious, which is certainly a positive because uh, I'll be honest with you, I forgot Matt Schaub was still in the league. Um, and yeah. when you see him out there on the field, it's like that kind of shows you with what, what the Falcons right now oh my god i mean julio jones plays on this team do we remember that because it is just it sucks to see julio jones playing on this team this year and even going back to last year uh because I, i don't they just don't have a chance right now and they are not going to win game i mean especially let's say matt ryan does miss some some games uh this defense knowing where it's at right now I know we've spent all this time talking about the Falcons, and certainly you got to give the Rams credit for, for playing really well here. Jalen Ramsey played pretty well, I thought, in his first game. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough cover to have Julio in your first game. But um, mm. good job for the Rams. But to, to me, it is a lot more about the Falcons here because they are just a mess, and uh, we may be talking about a coaching change here soon.
0: Yeah, for a team with as much talent as the Falcons, did not expect – this kind of play I mean yes their offensive line has struggled and but I don't, I, th- I think that was partially though I mean the Rams have a solid defensive front we've seen them be a little inconsistent week to week but they showed up and I mean Dante Fowler obviously gets three sacks but it all starts and ends with Aaron Donald and he was just eating up guys the entire game finally got that the strip in the sack of uh, Matt Ryan when he finally went out of the game he was getting beat up the entire day though it was just, it, it, like you said I don't know if it was a serious injury as much as it felt like it was just a kind of the repeated blows play after play after play they're having to throw the whole time so for the for one thing I'll say on the rams they you know the offense yes gets back go and scores some points but I think the bigger takeaway had to be their defense the falcons have put up a lot of points this year despite all their struggles and then the, the Rams went out and you know allowed them to only score 10 points and really it could have been just three they, they gave up a garbage time touchdown with Matt Schaub just checking down the whole drive so Rams defense a lot to look forward to there and I think that's the biggest takeaway for optimism on that end but for the Falcons like you said coaching change could be coming at this point even if Matt Ryan's not hurt that bad what are you really doing playing him you're not going to make the playoffs there's too many good teams in the NFC. You'd have to win out, basically, I think, to even be in the conversation going like 10 and 6. Um, And at that point, obviously, that's not going to happen with the Falcons. Their schedule's not easy. And the way they're playing, I mean, there's no... uh, If Matt Ryan's, you know, healthy enough to go, sure. But if he has any injury that's... You're not going to put him out there and potentially let it get worse. It's uh, it's just a brutal situation. And uh, for the defense, I mean, man. (laughs) I mean, yes, the Rams have firepower, but they've been struggling... Quite a bit, and they they couldn't do anything. They couldn't stop them all day, and it, it just looked it looked like the Rams were out scrimmaging. And for them, we'll see how it propels them. We're not going to probably learn a whole lot about the Rams next week when they play the Bengals, but I think we learned a lot about the Falcons, and it's that they're not not nearly the team we thought they were. Like you said,
1: now you give up 53 to the Texans, you give up 34 to the Cardinals, 37 to the Rams, and here you go. Like I don't think they're going to win a game until well, they're not going to have a chance to win a game until November the 24th because the next three weeks they play the Seahawks at home they play the saints after the bye they're at the saints and then they're at the panthers the next week so (laughs) if they're going to make a coaching change i really think like this week against the seahawks if they have this kind of game against the seahawks i think that's it like i think they'll fire Dan quinn and i think they'll they'll go elsewhere um and so i don't know man it's it's tough because again let's say they don't change anything you're coming out of that bye with back to back road games against the Saints and the Panthers, which you're not gonna be favored. You're not you're not You probably you might get beat by two touchdowns at least in both of those games. So yeah, it's a tough spot for for the Falcons. And it's so crazy to think about, Dylan, because we I mean, just think, it hasn't been that long since they had a twenty eight to three lead in the yep. Super Bowl. And <laughs> we're sitting here talking about this. It feels like it was ten years ago, but it's not um uh it's crazy how football works and it's crazy uh how things unfold here but yeah that's that's where they are so uh whew, we'll see what the falcons they're they're not in good shape. um all right the packers and the raiders uh, this is one of those games where sometimes you just throw everything out that you think that you know uh aaron Rodgers. he does you know we're thinking he's not gonna have anybody he's gonna be you know on his fourth fifth sixth wide receivers um, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling suits up, Geronimo Allison suits up, um, and Devontae Adams doesn't even play in this game. And yet Aaron Rodgers goes out and just is absolutely ridiculous with six total touchdowns, um, 25 of 31, 429 yards, five passing touchdowns. He did absolutely everything. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling – only had two receptions, but he had 133 yards and a touchdown. Um, I, wow! I don't even know what you say because it's just one of those things where at some point we we scrap everything we think we know from a matchup standpoint, and you just look at the the players on the field. And when you have Aaron Rodgers on the field. This is what you can get, no matter what the situation. I don't care how many receivers are out, uh, what the defense looks like. Forget it. If Aaron Rodgers is on the field, you got a chance to win, and we saw that here, just with a just a ridiculous performance here against the Raiders.
0: Yeah, early in the season when we were were saying that the when the Packers defense was kind of carrying the winds we said you know look out when Aaron Rodgers gets hot that was the one thing I kept saying and here you see it I mean if he's clicking on all cylinders like this and the defense uh, you know still give up 24 points but if they're able to play pretty well this is a scary team and right up there with the top uh, and the NFC the NFC is just packed with these really big contenders right now and it starts with aaron Rodgers, and i just you know like for anyone that had said that he's declining i mean sure okay (laughs) week to week maybe he's not gonna be putting up the, the yards he did in 2011 when he had you know four number one receivers essentially on the field and a great offensive line i mean you know it's not gonna be perfect every game but out there on yesterday i mean you saw why he's a hall of famer you saw you know why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl for the past decade he's absolutely phenomenal so fun to watch a lot of the things that we say we've never seen before with Mahomes, Rodgers rogers can do throwing on the run throwing deep across his body on the pinpoint passes i mean he does it all he can he sees the field so well and it was really fun to watch it, it was unless you're a raiders fan obviously for <laughs> oakland i i know before going into the weekend there were some reports about them possibly being buyers at the uh, trade deadline during just while we're recording they just traded Gary and Conley to the Texans mm. so I, they, they clearly weren't happy with his play yesterday but also just overall maybe <laughs> coming uh, term, in terms of the reality that you know when they played the Bears last uh, a couple of weeks ago in London you know and their defense played really well maybe that said more about the Chicago's offense than really their defense so for the Raiders uh, you know a lot to I th- I think over the course of this year in the AFC there's still people that say they could complete for a playoff spot I guess it's possible but there's just something missing with them they're not they're (laughs) it's not a perfect team they have guys that can make plays Darren Waller's been great and you know the offense at times looks solid and the game maybe is a different game if Derek Carr doesn't fumble into the end zone again so for Oakland, I guess there's some positives, but your defense yeah, against these elite offenses like Green Bay, it just it's not going to stand a chance. And for the Packers, yes, the Vikings are soaring right now, and uh, I think the rest of the division's kind of started the, you know, for a while we looked at all four of the teams in the NFC North, and they all kind of blended together. I think you're now kind of seeing the divide, even though Green Bay probably could have lost to Detroit, the refs helped them out a bit, but I think you're seeing kind of the divide that the, definitely the Packers and the Vikings are the class of the NFC North.
1: Well, it'd be interesting to see what kind of moves the Raiders do make. Like you said, they they just made one. But when you think about it, I mean, we look at that division. Uh, even the Chiefs, like, uh, I mean, you know, depending on how long Mahomes is out, we talked about how hard mm-hmm. their schedule is. The Raiders' schedule isn't hard at all. Like, I mean, they, they're at the Texans next. Then they get the Lions at home, the Chargers at home, the Bengals at home. Then they're at the Jets. Those are their next yeah. five games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Like, if they improve this defense – let's say they go out and make a, a move um i mean that's yeah like i don't think it is out of the realm of possibility that we can be yeah. talking about the raiders still in this mix maybe when we're getting into early december um but yeah well, we'll see i guess what happens there and just another note on aaron Rodgers. um i was just combing through the, the stat sheet here eight different receivers mm-hmm. had between two and four receptions <laughs> like that's just i mean if that doesn't tell you how good this guy is I don't know, man. It's just it's something else to to see something. I mean, again, and think about it. His best receiver is not even on the field, and so ah, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is good. Let's just point that out. Um, There you go. There's there's the biggest takeaway from this podcast. If you don't, yes, Aaron Rodgers is good. There you go. Um, That's what you get from us. Uh, That's free. We don't charge anything for it. Uh, All right. Uh, We it's a good thing we didn't charge anything for this next pick because um, the Cardinals and the Giants. uh, Yours truly. Uh, this was my lock of the week and i said the giants are going to win this game and uh it is not going to be a situation where maybe it's not even close we thought it would be a shootout um but yet the the giants just did not come through for me dylan they they did Mm -hmm. not take care of business um and the Cardinals get a big win. Um and the Cardinals really have been playing pretty well right now. I guess. Yeah. Um they they finally started turning on for the Giants. Just one of those where. Uh, we didn't I mean again we're not talking about the Giants competing for a playoff spot or anything but uh it's a situation where that's when you just you don't want to really give away uh and you feel like they they kind of just I mean the defense we know what it is that they just didn't play well enough and you got to give the Cardinals credit I mean they they played well Chase Edmonds had a great Mm -hmm. game uh big win for the Cardinals who they've started to kind of come on a little bit here
0: yeah the defense played well it wasn't a big day for Kyler Murray that we didn't really see the Cardinals offense take off by any means uh, uh, they got that early lead they're running the ball well that's kind of where they dominated this one um but for the Giants uh yeah I mean Daniel Jones uh, are we still sure he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer like we were talking about after that <laughs> first game I don't know the, uh, definitely struggled at times and it's still early in his career like uh, I want to just like we were saying not to overreact to what he did against Tampa Bay you can't really overreact too much to this either so for the Giants I think there's optimism for the future you get Saquon back obviously he comes off the field and you're wondering what are we really doing here if he's if he's going to get hurt again but he plays a position at running back that that's the nature of it you know that's why these guys it's it's rough and their their careers are often shorter than a lot of guys in the NFL because they just take a beating and you never know even if it's unrelated to what happened that's the kind of thing that uh, the volatility of having a position and a guy that you rely on that much at that position is kind of dangerous so for New York we'll see where they go from here it's it was kind of a like you said it's definitely a step back after we were encouraged by what they did against the Patriots and some of the things their defense did but they just came out early got socked in the mouth and they really couldn't recover over the course of the game uh Chase Edmonds though what can you say about him I mean I know David Johnson was active and ends up getting the uh, the one carry but I mean if, if everyone knew that Edmonds was going to be in there he would have been a popular fantasy play and obviously yeah. huge day for him looked Phenomenal, and that their running game carried them in this one because they really weren't really able to get much going through the air, even against the Giants' secondary. So maybe that's one thing to be concerned about for the Cardinals, and it's going to be tough for them. I, I think you're encouraged for the long haul about what Kyler Murray can do on this team, but you get the Saints and the 49ers coming up. It's going to be a couple games that really allow your team to see this is what the class of the NFC is at this point, where are we, and kind of grade yourselves from there.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about Chase Edmonds a little bit later in the waiver wire pickups uh, because he certainly – Someone on your on your radar uh, for sure, considering what his role could be uh, moving forward there. But yeah, it's uh, the Cardinals starting to play well, and the Giants still got a lot to uh, improve upon. But thank goodness Saquon's back. I'll say that for my fantasy team. <laughs> thank goodness. Um, it's it's been nice to have you back, my friend. Um, all right, to another game, and this was uh, one where. Well, what can we say? We both got this one wrong too. Um, it was the Texans and the Colts. Uh, the Colts get uh, a, a situation here where you know they were coming off of a, a bye. They had that loss to to the Raiders, and we didn't really know what to expect from this team, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here they are now with really a big win. I mean, the, the Texans were a team that had some momentum um and the Colts once again Jacoby Brissett just kind of flying under the radar it still it seems like uh plays really well here uh, against the Texans team like we know uh who's had some problems with the secondary maybe the the trade they just made they're, they're trying to do something yeah um but the, the Colts get a big win here and uh, I feel a little bit better about picking the Colts to win this division because yes um <laughs> it's yeah it's it's one where it certainly it's pretty wide open there probably between these two teams although we'll talk about the mm-hmm. Titans here in a minute um um, but that's that's a big win for the Colts, just knowing how well the Texans have been playing. Absolutely huge
0: win for them. I mean, if they lose this game, you're going to be down by a game and a half. Instead, they now have that half-game lead and the game up on Houston. And for Indianapolis, like you said, going into these past two games, like we didn't have too many expectations after the Raider game. It kind of looked like they're coming back down to reality, and you know maybe it wasn't going to all be as magical with Frank Reich and the whole Great team that we talked about that they built around, even with Andrew Luck retiring, and then they come out and they they win these two games against the Chiefs and Texans. Now their schedule lightens up considerably. They get the Broncos, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Jags in their next four games. They, there's a yeah, I mean they're they're in great shape. Their their toughest games left are really the Texans, Saints, and Panthers. Other than that, they get the Bucks, uh, they get the Titans and the Jags again. Uh, so I mean the schedule's lining up. I would feel great if I were you about that pick. Cause, and in this game, uh, they're I mean their defense at times. They kind of bended and didn't break I mean obviously they they got a huge break with that one play where Deshaun Watson got they called that he was uh you know had his forward progress or whatever had been stopped by the defense he was still spun away and threw what, what should have been a touchdown for Houston that was a pretty big blow they end up just uh, settling for a field goal on that drive but for Indianapolis I mean you're encouraged by what this whole the course of this team's been able to do and for Jacoby Brissett I mean he looked incredible this was I mean, yes, Houston's defense, we talked about how at times they've struggled, but Jacoby Prissett probably had one of his best games of the year, you know, going for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, a rating of 126.7. He looked amazing out there. They weren't able to run the ball, and it didn't matter. And that's something that I would have been surprised about early in the year. I I thought it once uh, they, uh, once Andrew Luck retired, this team was going to have to be pretty balanced to be successful. I still, as we talked about, still felt optimistic about the overall roster construction here. And while the defense is still maybe not finding its full swing of things, I think over the course of the year they'll, they'll continue to improve. And that will help if, if set plays like this, their passing games be able to look like this indianapolis should be in the playoff conversation there this uh, again an afc that's open this uh, division race that's wide open even if they don't win this division i, I don't see a reason that the colts at their remaining schedule won't be one of the, the six teams in the playoffs in the afc
1: zach pascal fire him up on your fantasy squad <laughs> six receptions 106 yards two touchdowns um everybody thought it would be a big ty hilton day but uh yeah i mean I, I mean look that they're i guess they're kind of needing just a true number two wide receiver there so why not um we'll see but the, the colts have options and with jacoby Brissett playing pretty well right now um yeah th- th- they're playing well and uh, it's one where that's a like you said it's a big win for them uh no doubt all right next game 49ers beat the redskins nine to nothing all right Ooh. let's move on to the next one um i <laughs> i mean well again what more do you say with this is the, this is a football game right here because the weather is just absolutely awful um the field is drenched uh rain all over the place uh it was not a good game to watch and I, I haven't seen the stat and I assume there is a stat on this it was nothing to nothing at halftime I don't remember the last time we had an NFL game that was zero zero at halftime I'm sure that stat was put out yesterday but I, uh-huh. I just never looked it up yeah, um, see it so, so that that tells you all you need to know like it's just it wasn't good and uh, the 49ers win the game just like we thought they would but once the game started you knew this wasn't gonna be pretty and that uh, it was you know points were gonna be hard to come by so sorry Dylan I know this was your lock of the week Uh, but even asking even (laughs) asking the 49ers to get to 10 was too much of a struggle here
0: I thought they'd find the end zone at least once I mean the Redskins even with the elements the Redskins defense has been pretty brutal this year and uh, I mean the 49ers defense not surprised they put up a donut on the scoreboard especially with the elements this is that's the one thing about this team as we talked about the last couple weeks we saw especially against the Rams this defense is going to carry them because while they're able to run the ball in in certain spurts against certain teams their passing game yes the elements are one thing but Jimmy Garoppolo this year he's had eight touchdowns and eight interceptions hasn't take this game out even just overall hasn't looked amazing by any means so this team's going to be carried by their defense and that defensive line is Absolutely frightening, and then as uh, the reason I thought they'd you know win this game by more than ten points, it did play out in a certain way that I thought. I thought maybe they get a defensive touchdown because that that offensive line had no chance all day. They they couldn't protect Keenum to save their lives. Only ends up throwing the ball twelve times because they knew they couldn't protect him. I mean, even in a game where they're losing, they're just going to continue to run and run and run because they knew that was the only way they're going to be able to at least serve some semblance of a uh, you know keeping the 49ers from just pinning their ears back and coming after him so for san francisco i don't know how much we learned from this game except for that their defense as we've known for the last few weeks now is elite the offense though if they're gonna i think you know win uh, get into a buy potentially and potentially make their way through the nfc playoffs their offense is gonna have to do a little bit more uh i don't doubt that they'll be able to though with kyle shanahan because uh, this game i don't think you're going to really show too much of uh what you have in your arsenal when you're facing a redskins team you're confident you're going to beat regardless
1: well for the nfl game pass subscribers the the good news is that you get to save 2 hours of time this week because uh, or whatever uh 90 <laughs> minutes because uh you do not have to go back and watch this game cuz trust me you do not miss anything at all um so save your time this was uh this was not pretty um all right this is a game we have been waiting for like i mean let's just be real anybody listens this podcast you all know um we've been waiting for this one we were so this excited pod- to talk about this is what our podcast is all about <laughs> This is our brand right here because the Titans and the Chargers, uh, we said going in that this was one of those games where we had no idea what to expect. Um, And sure enough, like, Dylan, it was perfect. Like, it was the perfect scenario, I think, for this game. Because Mm -hmm. it ended in just the dumbest way possible, Um, (laughs) just exactly what we expected from this kind of game between these two teams. It looked like no one wanted to win this game, Um, but yet you got it right, I got it wrong. Um, The Titans get the win, and I—I mean, I don't know again i don't you know good job the titans get the win they needed to win that game because they had been really struggling and you got to give the defense credit um they come up w- with those stops and it was huge i mean certainly it's just a, a huge thing to get those kind of stops in that scenario late in the game uh jeffrey simmons played his first snaps of the year and quite frankly looked really good um, so i think the titans have to be excited about that uh but for the chargers man i i all this excitement about getting (laughs) melvin gordon back and it's going to change everything and um how they're going to be this or that and uh, you know you you have a chance inside whatever the whatever yard line to win the game multiple times Mm -hmm. and you can't do it and now you're sitting here at two and five you have all these injuries that are piling up um i think it was someone i can't remember on their offensive line today it's maybe out for the season um and so I don't know like where do the chargers go from here because they are two and five and and even like we said in an afc where we've seen injuries kind of impact some of these teams and there's maybe no one really feeling like they're running away with everything at this point um it's still not a good place to be
0: (laughs) yeah Forrest lamp yeah the starting guard out for the season with a broken ankle i mean their offensive line's been beat up and then you have that it's just it's 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 like every year it's i feel like i'm just watching the same story play out to uh, years past before they moved to los angeles where they start it looks like everything's aligned and then they have just a series of injuries to key spots and then guys underperforming too i i mean even for the chargers i was i saw a couple tweets like this even for the chargers this was a new low this is a team that just last week lost to a third string quarterback with their whole stadium full of fans and yet they somehow found a way to get even worse than that (laughs) by (laughs) by having this game Get like gift wrapped at literally at the end. I mean, you have it on the one-yard line. And you have three chances and can't punch it in and. The Titans are not sure what to do. They're calling. It was just chaos. The Titans aren't sure if they should call timeouts to avoid the ten second runoffs ah. the Chargers going to have because of the reviews that kept happening. It was, it was kind of it was it was comedy to watch. I mean, <laughs> if you're a Charger Titan fans, I'm sure it was not. But it was it was just it was kind of hilarious to watch everything play out. And it was like, of course, when you finally you see the play happen and you watch the replay, it's like it's going to be it's a clear recovery. It's going to be ball game. And the the you know the review took a while, but it ended up being exactly <laughs> that. So for Tennessee, I mean. You didn't really get your running game going as well. But Tannehill, I mean, for everything we said about Mariota, at least he looked better than Mariota has this season at the points. Yep. I mean, we'll see over the course of the year if he can keep that up. But he did enough. And uh, both him and Philip Rivers going over 300 yards is just great for this game, <laughs> given all the other things that happened. The Chargers, uh, I mean, it starts with that offensive line. We talked about all the injuries. They could not run the ball. Melvin Gordon didn't do anything. Uh, they need to. I think they got to use Austin Eckler more in the passing game because once they put him in, and when they're losing late, they they made their comeback. I mean, it was it looked like the Titans were going to run away with this one. The Chargers get that late touchdown before the final possession to even make it this close. So uh, for Los Angeles, I guess there's some optimism in that end. I guess, but at the same time, you know, Keenan Allen doesn't have a huge week. Mike Williams still isn't the guy you. You want him to be, and Philip Rivers still isn't consistently making the throws he needs to. There were so many passes that, you know, for all the the, the ones that he did hit, there were other ones where it's like, man, those are throws you gotta make. Uh, I mean, this is Philip yep. Rivers. This isn't. We're not talking about Mitch Trubisky. We'll get to him in a second here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are throws he has to make, and he just wasn't doing it. Uh, the defense still doesn't look pretty, so uh, I I don't really really know what you think if you're a Chargers fan at this point. Where where do you go from here? I'm uh, not really positive. It's not like you can't. You're not tanking. You have too many talented players, but then you're also you're, you're at this point you're not a playoff team. You're not even close to one.
1: Well, I'll tell you where they're going, and it's a great segue because they're going to Chicago to play the Bears uh, this week. And and you want to talk about another, like, that's back-to-back games of two teams that are just flat out. I mean, what? We don't know what to get. I don't know. Like, there you go. I'm already excited to make our picks for that one. Like, I'm already ready. Let's just go ahead and record that episode. Just like
0: Chargers-Titans this week. It's (laughs) the same thing, right? It's the
1: same game. That's exactly what it is. Uh, But yes, we'll get to that one once we get to our picks later in the week. But you can already tell. We're very excited uh for that one uh but yes like i said that is a good segue into the saints and the bears because uh what a just complete and utter um it was uh, 36 to 25 please if you didn't watch this game do not let that score deceive you it was not that close um the saints completely controlled this game and at this point with the Bears offense, it is what it is. It's not changing. Like, I don't really – I mean, there, there's no way to change it. There, there's no possible change this year for that Bears offense to get them to the point – to where you feel like they're good enough to win a super bowl or to even uh let's say win multiple playoff games i just don't see it they don't mitch he's just the the progress isn't there and they're they're just not doing enough on offense maybe uh to be in positions where they feel like they can win games now let's let's not let's just put this to the side though the saints are really good and we said that last week we have to give teddy bridgewater credit we didn't think he was getting enough credit They came out, even against this defense, which, quite frankly, hasn't looked like itself, Uh, the past Mm -hmm. couple times it's, you know, stepped on the field. Still, to to get that kind of performance, um, the Bears ran the ball seven times in this game. Um, You know, the highest carrier had three carries for Tariq Cohen, who had 10 yards I mean, what do you do if you're the Bears here? Because, and Matt Nagy was saying it earlier today, I think at his press conference, he, he said, you know, I'm not an idiot. I know we have to run the ball. Yeah. Well, that's great and all, but especially at this point, if you don't feel confident enough in your passing game, which I don't know why they would feel confident enough in their passing game, um, they don't really have it. They've got to somehow get Tariq mm-hmm. Cohen and David Montgomery more involved. Uh, and really, Dylan, when you think about it, if not for the Cordero Patterson return, I mean, this this game isn't even that close
0: (laughs) no yeah the saints dominated i did not anticipate the score being what it was when i picked i so i picked the saints as my upset of the week i I felt confident that they'd win the game i'd really not bought into what the bears were doing i do not believe in mr bisky regardless of who's quarterback for them but you know for the saints i did not expect them to be able to run the ball like they did i that's one thing for the bears defense that's really concerning they we've seen it in moments this season when they even when they played the redskins and won that game where New Orleans was able to or Washington that game was able to throw the ball a decent amount but they're able to defend the run quite well all year and for the Saints without Kamara like they're not doing a lot of their outside zone stuff they're, they're kind of just throwing Latavius Murray in there and he's running through guys their offense line was pushing around the Bears I mean yes they missed some of the, the guys that are injured up up the front so that could be part of it but I mean they still have so much talent on that defense you did not expect them to get pushed around like they did and on the flip side for the Bears I mean on their offense, so last season they were able to run the ball so well, and it all you kind of were able to balance out for Trubisky and run a lot of play action and put him in good positions to succeed. Even before this game, the Bears are 27th in DVOA, so uh, rushing the ball, they they are not able to run the ball. And if they're not able to run the ball, I don't know what they're going to be able to do on offense because you can't have Trubisky throwing 50 plus times like he did on sunday i know they did that because they're losing but even to start the game if you, they just they tried the run and they just can't run they can't do it they're not getting they're yeah. not going to be able to do anything running the ball and if they can't run the ball i don't know what they expect from mitch he's not the kind of guy that's going to be able to carry them they know that he hopefully he doesn't know that hopefully he has more confidence in himself than a <laughs> lot of bears fans do and i do so we'll, we'll see if he's able to respond but uh, we we talked about before the year the bears last year had the third easiest schedule in the NFL this year they have the third toughest schedule in the NFL it's a I mean that's a huge flip and for everything that we think about these teams are they're going to be able to kind of withstand whoever they're playing they'll be able to persevere schedule matters a lot and it's not getting any easier for the Bears it's going to be rough we'll see what they're able to do but the NFC as we've talked about is so tough so many good teams for Chicago they're going to have to figure it out quickly on offense their defense is really going to have to step up because they can't they can't give up 30 plus points and expect to win any games their defense is gonna have to play a lot better than this moving forward
1: yeah poor alan robinson man i think alan robinson is pretty good but he just i mean you know he oh still put up numbers because <laughs> he's really all they have but i mm. still yeah, uh, it's just, it's not good. Um, hey, Latavius Murray, there's a reason he was number one on the waiver wire last week. So, hope you're reading the articles at Clutch Points, which we'll promote at least five <laughs> more times before this episode's over. Um, but he was number one for a reason because, uh, again, we don't really know Alvin Kamara's situation at this point. So, um, that that's something yeah. to keep in mind. And, and, and again, it goes back to exactly what we said in the preview. Drew Brees is not that far from coming back but like he'll be back Mm -hmm. soon and so they're they're six and one everyone thought we were just going to drop off and that hasn't happened and that's why the saints um just seem like the team i mean they're they're really good
0: (laughs) yeah i think teddy definitely made the right call before the year he could have signed with the dolphins and competed for a starting spot decided to sign with the saints i think he made himself a lot of money this offseason with how he's played over the last few weeks
1: (laughs) oh imagine that if you're if you're Teddy Bridgewater sitting around right now at this very moment looking up and you're with the six and one Saints and you've been a big reason for them not dropping off uh, since losing Drew Brees or you could be in Miami right now um, you know sitting around <laughs> watching uh, everyone in the front office I guess uh, on the looking at the TV screens checking out Tua uh, on Twitter and all this stuff looking for info <laughs> um, it's just wow well what a choice it's, that's a great it's a great life decision there uh, if you're Teddy Bridgewater no doubt um, all right. One of the other afternoon games uh, was the Ravens and the Seahawks. Um, This was a game where we both were kind of feeling really good, I guess, about the Seahawks uh, and their their possibilities. But, here it is the ravens go in get a 30 to 16 win um i mean lamar jackson effect man he's just he's really good and uh like we said even with the seahawks playing as well as they were uh we knew there was some weaknesses still on that defense and uh lamar jackson's just a he's just such a unique player that Mm -hmm. you can game plan as many hours during the week as you can it's just you never know what you have to do to stop him. and again i mean he went nine for 20 for 143 yards but it's what he did on the ground that made yeah. the big difference and that's why he's so tough to prepare for and certainly um getting the the interception um your boy marcus peters gets the <laughs> interception return for a touchdown still helping uh, the Rams that was, out. <laughs> yes yeah, still helping the rams he's doing everything he can um that's a big win for the ravens though there's no doubt about it because uh they were a team like we said it kind of been they, they had won games but they were still a little i don't know like they, they weren't looking perfect um and yet yeah. that's a big win for them on the road there
0: yeah they didn't have a signature win before this their victories before prior were the, the dolphins they the eke went out against the cardinals yeah. the eke out against the bengals the eke went out against the steelers they were not beating anyone <laughs> they, they played the browns and got demolished the the chiefs yeah. game looks a lot closer than it really was so for the ravens this is definitely a signature victory on the flip side I, as i've talked about about seattle they really for a team that was five and one they had a, so many close wins i mean the rams game a field goal away from losing they, they could have lost easily week one of the bengals could have lost the steelers in week two this game felt a lot like what we saw when the saints came to seattle and put a beat down and they end up scoring some points later to kind of make it look closer in that one but uh, both games ver- really similar in terms of Seattle just getting punched in the mouth by a better team at home and I think for the Seahawks uh, they're probably gonna how they've started and how things are lining up they could see themselves and should see themselves in the playoff picture in the NFC but they are not really beating anyone down. That's that good of a team, and it's not going. We're not going to re- learn a lot in the next couple of weeks when they face the Falcons and the Bucks. I think we'll learn a lot more when they face face the 49ers of the Vikings later in the schedule. The Rams again, Panthers, 49ers again. So they're going to have some tough games eventually. They they better figure it out because. They, didn't, they were not able to do anything on defense. It's been a problem all year. The defense has not really stepped up. They're not able to defend the run well, and the Ravens were running all over them. I know it's Lamar Jackson. I know he's dynamic, and he took over the game, really. But the, on the flip side for Seattle, though, their offense needs to do a lot better than this. I mean, the Ravens' defense... Has not been the Ravens' defense of all. This isn't one of those, uh, the, you know, their two Super Bowl years where Baltimore's defense really just takes over games. This is a defense that's 22nd in DVOA going into the week. And they, the, you know, they came in and they only scored 16 points against them. You expect more from. Russell Wilson. This is probably the uh, out of you know he's been so perfect that feels like all season. Um, this was one of the first games where he's really struggled, and if he struggles, they're going to struggle as a team. We'll see what they do moving forward. Schedule like I said, got some easy games coming up, but over the course of the year, I'm, I am concerned about Seattle as a true Super Bowl contender, given how we've seen them play against better teams.
1: Yep, and we'll have you know a lot more of those divisional matchups coming up between uh, that that trio of teams uh, there, and those are going to be a lot of fun, and certainly we'll decide. Uh, a lot of playoff implications with those, uh, with those three teams, with the Rams, the Seahawks, um, and the 49ers. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that has turned into one of the more exciting divisions when you think about these three teams and where they're all mm-hmm. at right now, kind of midway through the season. Um, so we'll see what happens there uh, with the Seahawks here moving forward. Big win for the Ravens, though, uh, no doubt about it. All right, we wrap up with the Sunday night game. Uh, speaking of big wins, uh, the Cowboys with a huge win, 37 to 10. If you've been listening to my picks, uh, I don't think I've gotten one right since the the Reagan administration here um you know if you want to you want to hit rewind from about 15 minutes ago I think the 49ers and the Redskins was was the last one I got right um and it's not the case here in this one because the Cowboys we both picked the the eagles I had the eagles Mm -hmm. as my upset of the week in a certain sense I guess uh, that did not happen because the Cowboys controlled this game from start to finish. And, uh, Dylan, your Super Bowl Eagles here, um, oh, they're, oh they, they, they're <laughs> in a bad way right now at 3-4. and four. And it's not just the record because, again, 3-4, and four, I guess, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not great in that division or not great in that conference. Like we said earlier, if you're looking at the Vikings as a potential sixth seed right now, um, the, the Eagles have a lot of ground to make up. But, really, it's just their long-term possibilities with this defense just is not good enough to to win a Super Bowl right now
0: no absolutely not I mean the defense is a huge problem uh, but in this one I'm uh, really surprised by their offense too I mean to only yep. put up 10 points against a Dallas defense that really has been you know right in the middle of the pack they they have great players uh, a few positions but overall this isn't a team that strikes fear into mo- uh, on defensively into most uh their opponents so for Philadelphia to come out there I know there's some little throws here that they miss and then you have turnovers on timely and stuff like that so for Philadelphia I mean if their offense can't score a lot of points they're in big trouble and at this point they don't. They they don't look like they're gonna figure it out quickly. I mean, uh, this one too on their on their end. They were the second team in the NFL in defending the run, and they go in and the Cowboys ran right through them. I mean, if they can't defend the run, the Eagles' defense can't do anything. I mean, that's their only strength right now was doing that. And if they can't do that, if they can't generate a pass rush, they're in big trouble. And uh, for Philadelphia, no matter what, if the offense figures it out, no matter if their offensive line responds, I know they've had injuries and banged up in a lot of different areas. But for Philadelphia, it's not going to matter regardless because that defense is a huge problem. Uh, the past defense, we we've already know and we saw that play out again with uh, some of the things the Cowboys did. And for Dallas, to give them credit, uh, you know, I'm just not meaning to just completely crap on the Eagles, but I was really disappointed what they did. For Dallas, I mean, it looked it looked like you know the it, it almost looked like for three weeks we had Jason Garrett kind of trying to take over the offense again, and then Kelmore's like, see, this is what the results are. <laughs> Let me do what I was doing weeks one through three. Yes, they're against worse teams, but we saw a lot more play action. We saw more creativity. We saw a lot more of the kind of the play calls that we saw in those first few weeks, and sure enough, it worked out well. Yes, the secondary for Philadelphia's bad, but I think for the Cowboys, I think there's some encouraging things, and you know, maybe I saw one joke was, that uh, the one uh, caveat was for Jason Garrett to give the control back to Kellen Moore is that Tavon Austin had to be involved. So now Tavon's doing his thing. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what the Cowboys do. Uh, this is kind of a swing game, like we said, for both of these teams to really uh, see who's going to take control of this division. And unlike a lot of the NFC, this is a division where you, you might not need to win too many games to win it. It's going to be a a grueling battle the rest of the way dallas does get the giants next you think they'll be able to win that one but they have some tough games in their schedule so we'll see what happens for both these teams
1: yeah next up for the eagles they're at the bills uh this week and then uh they've got the bears at home the patriots at home and the seahawks at home um, so that's mm-hmm. uh yeah that's it's a big stretch and we already said it was going to be for this team um especially you know losing uh, like did against the vikings we said no matter what happened it's still a big stretch of games here for them and and to lose again um that bills game is pretty important because uh yeah, yeah. They, they need to fan it won't be easy because that defense is really good and so uh yeah well, we'll see but that's uh it's all of a sudden become a pretty big game uh, there for the eagles all right so that wraps up Uh, our rewind there uh, for this week. uh, If you want our thoughts on... The Monday night game between the Patriots and the Jets you can go back in our last episode and listen to that Uh, we both picked the Patriots you don't have to spend a lot of time on them we'll just give it away we'll spoil it here um so uh there you go on that now as always we'll jump into uh our waiver wire pickups for the week for all you fantasy football uh fanatics and uh this is one of the weeks probably if you're a fantasy football player that could have drove you crazy Dylan and I were laughing before we came on uh both of us in different leagues are going to win our matchups and yet we're going to be scoring probably about 40 points less than we usually score each week <laughs> uh just one of those weird weeks where you have guys mm-hmm. like Marvin Jones we were talking about Zach Pascal there's all different guys Uh, who had big performances that probably weren't in a lot of starting lineups uh, for people Uh, but this week you know there are some some pretty big pickups because we've kind of reached that point where it's week eight Uh, the Ravens and the Cowboys are both on buys this week Uh, that's a lot of players in there you could be using when you think about it Lamar Jackson Mark Ingram uh, certainly Mm -hmm. the the Cowboys trio uh, with Dak, Kamari, Zeke uh, that's a lot of guys that you may need to Kinda of fill spots for and Dylan as always will start the quarterback position here. Uh, these are two I've had on the the waiver wire you know article for several weeks probably at some point throughout this season and certainly last week I was talking up my boy Kirk Cousins and saying you got to pick him up because his stretch of games is just certainly outstanding we talked about him a little earlier he's come through now he gets the Redskins gets a you know a great schedule here for the next several weeks and also have Matthew Stafford on here because Cousins gets the Redskins Stafford gets the Giants Um, those are no-brainers to me if Mm -hmm. you're looking for two guys and you need to plug in this week
0: Yeah, I mean, Cousins and Stafford, we've seen them now against better defenses i mean uh, in that game really like i was saying that the Lions' pass defense has been solid and the vikings are you know as even i said they struggle against better offenses have been solid too so that game you saw two qbs go off against two <laughs> defenses that usually are pretty <laughs> pretty solid defending the pass if you don't have i mean in our league they're both owned but we're in a deeper league if you if these guys are available you need to jump on them now they're probably doing better than your starter depends on who he is if his name's not aaron Rodgers or lamar jackson there's a good chance so yeah. um yeah obviously both these guys for cousins they like like I said earlier in the podcast really encouraged by what he's been able to do especially this past game finally playing a team that really didn't have or finally had a better secondary and for Stafford he's been doing it all year against better secondaries he, even though they weren't able to pull that one out against the Packers that secondary is up there in the top 10 in the NFL and he was had another great game so both these guys fantastic options I wish they're available in our work league because <laughs> I could use one of them on my bench for sure.
1: Well, I was just thinking I may actually plug in Kirk cousins this week against the Redskins. But then I was like, well, wait a second. I have Deshaun Watson and he gets the Raiders. And so it's like, eh, <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough call, but I'm probably gonna have to stick with Deshaun there. Win, win um, there. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a tough call. So I think if, if the Vikings and Redskins were playing on Sunday instead of Thursday, I'd probably honestly think about making that switch. But mm-hmm. those, these Thursday night games are weird as we know. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that I would go there, but yes, if you're someone who needs to go there, Kirk cousins is an option. Uh, Both of those guys, under 50% owned. In ESPN leagues. Uh, moving on to running backs, kind of thin there at running back uh, this week, but there are some options to consider. Uh, Chase Edmonds is, to me, the obvious number one. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we kind of know, again, not knowing David Johnson's situation. And I will add, I know there are going to be people who are going to be tempted to go out and grab Jay Ajayi because apparently he's working out for the Cardinals. So is Spencer Ware. Um, I, I'm just not going there yet. Like, I, I just don't, I'm not willing to take that chance yet. I guess if you need that, if, if you're so one who's like i need some depth um you're thinking about the possibility sure go out and consider picking up a Jai. but until he signs with somewhere i'm not even considering yeah. him at this point uh chase Edmonds clearly can do what it takes to, to handle the workload whether that's in a running capacity or a passing capacity um so i would see certainly the top one and the other guy i have on here is ty johnson with the lions because we saw carry mm-hmm. on johnson with his injury situation you know, I mean, Ty Johnson's probably going to be used both in the running game and the passing game, uh, yep. not knowing that. And that's what we say every time we record this episode on Monday. The injury situations, we don't really know fully yet. Um, so this may change by the time the article is posted on Tuesday morning. Uh, but certainly, if, if on Johnson's missing time, you certainly have to consider uh, Ty Johnson, especially for this week because mm-hmm. they're going up against the Giants.
0: Yeah, not feeling great about... I dropped Ty Johnson a couple weeks ago when I I realized I had... (laughs) Both of my tight ends had the same bye week, so that wasn't a great move by my part when I did my <laughs> well, waiver wire pickup there <laughs> earlier in the year so yeah Ty Johnson I definitely think Detroit even, no matter what we see with their passing game and they're 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 learning that they're gonna have to use Stafford to win games they're not gonna like last season when they really focus on running the ball a ton it's a lot different under Darrell Bevel they're mixing it up and throwing a lot but they still run the ball uh, quite a bit for a team that has a quarterback of Stafford status so Ty Johnson uh, encouraged by what he was able to do Minnesota is a pretty tough run defense and he's still getting things done so we'll see how, what he's able to do moving forward and yeah for Chase Edmonds I mean it's not just a reaction to one week this guy's been doing it for a couple weeks when he's in the game uh, when David Johnson's not fully healthy he's been producing so I mean just hopefully we we'll, uh, Cliff Kingsbury will give us a better idea of who uh, you know Johnson's actual status I know he's active and then didn't get you know had one snap or how many snaps he had so uh, hopefully he'll be a little more clarity moving forward because if you have Chase Edmonds you got to play him as long as he's a starting back for Arizona this is a team that uh especially against uh, we saw in their last game they, they have some tougher opponents coming up but i still think you know having an rb1 on waivers of his status is not a guy you can really pass up at this point
1: no not at all he's uh i mean at this point he's probably my number one on this list i don't there's probably not mm-hmm. much of a doubt about that um yeah he, he's he's the number one guy go get him uh, he's uh he's a great pickup um all right going to the wide receivers Uh, there's a lot of them on here and i probably could have made this an entire list of wide receivers because as we know that's that's just more a more volatile position where you don't know what you're going to get week to week as we said with with alex erickson and and zach Pascal, i'm not running out and getting those guys and by the way i'm not getting Corey davis either i know what titans fans are thinking they're gonna get on me i'm not running out and getting Corey davis just because he had one big game um i'm not there yet but uh, there are some guys here, and I'm going to give you four to start off with, Dylan. Then we're going to have one extra one as the wild card, which uh, this should be fun to talk about. Um, all right, four 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 in particular here. Um, we're going back to Cole Beasley because he's just kind of that consistent. I think he, you know, again, this week he scored a touchdown. Like he's just – they have a good schedule. Um, They're not a throwing team, but you know what? Like we said, they're going up against the Eagles this week, so sign me up. For anybody going up against the Eagles, sign me up all day. Um, Cole Beasley, a safe kind of floor type of guy. Uh, he's on there for sure. Uh, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller's out for several weeks now at least. Um, so Kenny Stills, he already had a big game once mm-hmm. Fuller went out of that game against the Colts, so you certainly have to consider Kenny Stills. He's only 15% owned. Um, let's see, who else? Okay, so I have McCole Hardman on here. Now we know mm-hmm. that this quarterback situation is certainly going to affect that, but my thinking here is, He's 30. He's only 34.4% owned. We've still seen him make plays even with Tyreek Hill back. Now, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that are going to drop him. And so my thinking is once Mahomes gets back, I still think McCole Hardman is a perfectly fine option and he's a part of an offense that you want ever as much as you can get of him, maybe not this week. Um, but maybe keep him in the back of your mind. He'll be one of the ones that's probably lower on my list and he might very well be number ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's still worth an option just because of the role he plays. Um and then the other one I have i'm going away from my boy preston williams here oh, um man. but i'm going to go with Devonte parker because he has i mean again it's a throwing situation uh him and fitzpatrick have certainly developed a chemistry here the past yep. couple weeks um so i think knowing again it's all about volume for me uh, might as well give Devonte parker a chance just knowing as much as they're gonna to have to throw the ball in games
0: Yep, I, I think he's kind of overtaking that Preston Williams spot in your heart. I mean, he's I he's definitely he definitely has this chemistry. Like we saw some things between Rosen and Preston that were solid, and uh, even though he's dropped a couple big passes when they're uh, when he's still on the field, what we've seen with Devontae Parker, absolutely. I, th- I think that's a great option, especially against the Bills' defense that has, as we've talked about, been one of the better ones in the NFL. So there's no reason to think Fitzpatrick and Devontae won't continue to uh, hook up. And Devontae, obviously, you know, PPR wise, especially too with all those targets, I think that kind of goes for a few of these guys. Same same thing for Cole Beasley. As you said, he's more of a safer option maybe than the other ones, uh, like McCole, Hardman, every, like, you know, week to week. He might have a big game, another game he's not going to do too much. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have McCole on my bench still. I, I still believe in him. I think he's a guy that at some point, too, I feel like when they keep putting him back to return punts, he's going to break one for a touchdown. That's yep. going to give you six right there. So yeah i mean with tyree back, he's definitely uh kind of same role in certain ways of the chiefs offense but i still think they're finding ways to use both those guys on the field at the same time so uh no reason for mccall not to continue to be in your uh at least on your bench and maybe spot start here and there um and kenny stills yeah i mean that's uh one out of these four that i i would for sure do if i could i mean he's owned in our league but a guy that uh, obviously has chemistry with Deshaun Watson and uh, Will Fuller. I mean, losing him is a huge loss for them, but I think Kenny Stills can kind of fill in and do a lot of the things that he's able to, and he's uh, obviously going to be a productive – they're going to be a team that's throwing the ball a lot, I mean, unless they're facing Kansas City and determine the run, run, run. Deshaun Watson is going to be the guy that carries his team, and anyone that he's throwing to you want to have on your team
1: well i'm I'm gonna go back on what i said we're gonna go back to the final wide receiver at the end so we're gonna we're gonna save this guy for last um but before we get there we have one more to talk about and and this is the obvious one and i told dylan he was very surprised by this he didn't know i did this i just went under the radar here i went to the defensive well and i picked up the steelers last week before week seven started um and everyone knows why because the steelers are playing the dolphins this week Um, Mm -hmm. so there you go they're they're only I mean 33.8% owned they're out there they're available Um, everybody's gonna be running to get them so if you're not someone that's probably near the top of the the waiver wire and uh, you know the other guys uh, don't have great defenses trust me they're all going to the Steelers because uh, that is what you do now it's the motto if anybody plays a dog that's what I did this week in one of my leagues I got the bills as quickly as possible Um, so there you go The, the Steelers are the choice and it's not even close
0: They've. I mean, they have. Even before, you know, this past week, I I played them in another league that I'm in, and it's because they're racking up so many sacks. I mean, yes, they force turnovers, but their defensive line has really found a rhythm. Um, Obviously, the Cincinnati game was one thing, but to go to get five sacks against Baltimore and three picks. I mean, they they were really showing off in that game. They gave up some points, and they're still going to give up points here and there. But they force a lot of turnovers. They get to the quarterback so those are things that fantasy wise can mitigate giving up yards points all that stuff so a great option especially this week against miami but overall uh impressed with what that defense has been able to do over
1: the last few weeks yeah probably probably a one week rental here because they they Mm -hmm. played the the colts and the rams after that um and then they go to cleveland yeah, you're probably not playing in any of those scenarios. Um, but yes, for this week, if you need to win this week, if you're in a scenario where yeah hey, you've had some issues with injuries, like a lot of people have, plug them in, play them. Don't feel, don't even think twice about it, um, because they're a, they're certainly a good option. Uh, all right, we wrap up with the uh, the most noteworthy here of this group, and I said this. Yes, you know what? there are probably better options if you need someone to plug in right away do not even consider this next option we're about to talk about uh but because it is nfl rumor season uh, as it always is that around the, the trade deadline and anything the rumors are running wild and one of those rumors is of course mr antonio brown potentially coming back um jason lock and four i think you know put out a report on sunday saying that there are teams interested. There are teams that are getting antsy. Uh, Antonio Brown is kind of an under-the-radar. As we know, Dylan, this is one we have to talk about. Again, I'm going to probably put this in the article just for fun, and I'm going to make sure it's clear (laughs) that this is not one where you say, oh, God, he's going to get picked up this week because he's not going to get picked up this week. But let's say you're someone who has gotten off to a great start um you have a deep bench maybe you have a spot in there where let's say maybe you picked up a defense and you're just going to drop them because you know you used them for a week or something um and now you have a spot you want to fill if you're already feeling good about your playoff potential and you want to add some depth and one that just may send you over the top and make you just you know you've got that extra bench spot you want to use it on a potential lottery pick um here you go like Antonio Brown he's he's only 39.6 percent I was going to go with Kareem Hunt uh-huh. but I was surprised that Kareem Hunt's now back at practice and but he's still 55.6 percent oh so he's not an option for a lot of people but why not you know if you got that bench spot do it why not
0: i mean i'm surprised we haven't said antonio brown's name on this podcast in so long i mean this this is a guy when we started this that was basically we should have named yes. our podcast after him he was the he was the source of everything we talked about now it's been weeks and weeks and he's you know he's still tweeting still finding ways getting in twitter battles with eric weddle and other people but yeah i mean well i i think it's it's fun to think about it in our league he's still owned he's still on a bench so <laughs> he's they're still holding out hope for that pick to to kind of pan out and if we know when he's on the field he's dynamic and uh, he's kind of a guy that i think in any situation is still going to be pretty good i don't think it really matters where he ends up playing uh, too much for his fantasy value to be at least service level. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, <laughs> it, the fact that we're still talking about this—we're halfway through the year—is great. I think it's—I have no problem with it. I, I, you know, there was a certain point where it was like day after day it was uh, Antonio Brown, and maybe it was getting a little annoying. <laughs> then now, now it's turned to you know maybe we missed the guy. Maybe it's you know it's been a while. Yep. We, uh, it's fun to have him in the conversation. Definitely <laughs> missing him on the field. I'm glad it's not on the Patriots for the sake of the rest of the NFL. But uh, we'll see what happens. And <laughs> like you said, if say you've had you know a lot of guys with early bye weeks so you've already kind of cycled through having to replace your starters with plug and plays and at that point your starters are kind of set and you have a bench that so it doesn't mean as much to you because of uh, all those buys being gone then i think it could work out here and uh, hopefully uh, you know who knows even if he's he could be signed weeks from now but it, say you're in the yep. playoffs and you're flexing antonio brown you already got kenny galladay and Devonte adams or something i don't know like <laughs> it could yeah. be a, a pretty uh, a great trio with, with your current receiver and set
1: well, and in most scenarios, let's just be honest, wherever, the where, I mean, the the, the thing is, he's going to be picked up by somebody that's in the contention. Like, if he gets picked up, it's probably going to be a team that is, you know, certainly thinking they're going to make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see him just being picked up by the Dolphins or anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen. That would be perfect. Um, <laughs> yes. He's going to go to a good team. And so... I mean, they're going to use him if, if they do pick him up. But they're, they're, we got a long way to go. But it does say that you know him possibly coming back after the trade deadline is a is a possibility. And and again, that's a rumor. Uh, but if you're someone who has the bench depth and you or just have someone on there that is literally doing nothing and you're just holding a spot for no reason, I think you could do a lot worse. Just knowing that somebody it's. it's it's professional sports, mm-hmm. man. We've seen it so many times. <laughs> um, everybody says nobody's going to take a chance on this guy. Trust me, if somebody's going to take a chance on me. I don't care how many times he burns bridges, it's going to happen um so there you go so there that's our fun one for the week the rest of them are pretty serious so worry about those first uh, but if you want to have fun uh, there's another option uh all right that will wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast uh next time we'll be back with our uh our picks for week eight yes. of the nfl season and uh looks like a great schedule should be another fun week but Dylan, uh, for now let everybody know where they can find all of our great stuff uh, over at clutchpoints.com
0: Yeah, subscribe to the Establish the Past podcast on uh, Apple, on Spotify, SoundCloud, any podcast host, Google Play, uh, where you can find us. We appreciate all the listeners we've had so far, and we'll keep going here. Uh, For all of our NFL content, in the Clutch Points app, under the NFL section, you can follow the games live in the scores section. All of our news and uh, editorials and all our NFL content can be found there as well. Um, Stats, everything you could look for there. And then on the website, uh, on ClutchPoints.com, the NFL tab there as well, all of our NFL content is sorted there. You can look at team-by-team things. You can look at injury reports if you want to look at the team's uh, pages. A lot of good stuff we built out there. Looking to also build out a fantasy football hub, but right now, if you just search fantasy football on the site, all of our fantasy content will be found there. Yeah, definitely tomorrow morning we'll send out our notification with the the Clutch Points app and on our desktop notifications with our waiver wire pickup options. Definitely, as obviously a lot of you guys have made your pickups, but I think, as Blake mentioned, some important bye weeks coming up with a lot of fantasy players, so uh, you can never stop Uh, trying to get better the best gms uh, in sports and the best gms in fantasy football they never try to stop improving you're always looking to add here and there make a trade here and there so we will keep going
1: free motivational advice there uh courtesy of you and uh, that's what brings people back uh every single week but yeah we'll be back uh, next time here on the podcast check out all that great stuff uh we'll have our picks for week eight so uh thanks as always for listening and we will talk to you guys next time here on the establish the past podcast